0: Bye. Oh
1: Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for October 11th, 2022. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find our podcast in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network feed or, or on our own dedicated podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open VoiceGate. If you would like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our RedCircle.com landing site. You click the red box to sponsor this podcast, and you can set up a one-time or reoccurring podcast donation no obligation whatsoever i'm one of your hosts it's your old pal i'm Spears, joining alongside as always my co-host case low and case how are you doing this week
0: doing quite well this was a a busy week for the dragon system took me a lot of time to watch all the stuff that i need to watch but a lot of it ended up being very good uh I, I will say we will discuss on this podcast a top 10 dragon gate match of the year and we will cross that bridge when we get to it. But there was a match that I thought was top ten worthy during this week of shows.
1: And since we're talking all across the Dragon Gate world, I mean, it could be anything, you know? Could it? It could, could, it, it be... it could have.
0: It could have been from my friends at Game Changer Wrestling. It might have been one of those matches, which we'll talk about. You know, I, I, I took the time to sit down and watch. What it is that they do, and they very easily could have produced a, a good match. We'll we'll see if they hit that mark when we talk about it. But it's something that feasibly could have happened.
1: Yeah, no, this is actually a episode that I've been excited about us doing for pretty much uh, since we first got word of the everyone going abroad, DJ and USA. So we'll be talking about GCW, uh, West Coast Pro, some uh, mass lucha. Later on in the show, but it was a busy week also for Dragon Gate in Japan with their monthly Tokyo Cork and show and a return to Kyoto KBS Hall. So it's it's a packed episode case. I I mean, I can't think of there that there might be like one topic we're leaving off this week, and that's probably just for the sake of time. We're not talking about Gleet.
0: We're not talking about Gleet this week. It it is one of those things that I'm open to visiting next week i did not have the time to sit down and watch kaito Ishida's gleet debut or uh bandito and commander who are not technically you know drangate guys i guess bandito is but they also debuted on that show i will say gleet did what just over a thousand fans in cork and hall and and we have been two people that i don't even know if we've been vocal critics of gleet i just think we've looked at it from a, a very realistic lens which is that hey this company is seemingly spending a lot of money and not seeming to get giant returns on their investment but I, I said last week if that show doesn't do a thousand fans I think they're in trouble and it did a thousand fans so props to Glee
1: yeah it's something that at least when I see that number I look at it and I'm like all right like that's those were numbers that I was kind of expecting for the company at least with the people that are involved with it up until this point so the kind of a
0: debut mixed with the June Kasai main event that is that is a deal where if that if that doesn't draw, then you really got to look down at your hands and go like, oh boy, okay, what are we doing here? But, you know, and we'll see what happens next time they're in Corking because that was a stacked show, tag team title match main event again with Jun Kasai, the Kaito Ishida debut. Bandito gets over everywhere he goes, so I kind of have to at least put a little sliver of that pie chart in Bandito's favor. A lot of outside names, a lot of special attractions on that show. We'll see where they go from here. Again, it's a roster that I like. It's it's a roster of talented guys that I enjoy watching wrestle. I enjoy Gleet every time I watch it. I just worry about them from a practical sense.
1: Yeah, it's something, at least for me, whenever I see like Gleet shows, it's not even necessarily like a... Negativity, I, I, would think for my 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 mindset is, is I just like look at what they're doing at like one of the most difficult times of what they're doing at, and you know it's something that it's kind of really took until now for them to do. Like I, I, I'm sorry if it with a lot of those names there, there is an expectation of drawing, and, and to this point it did not happen. However, as of this week, they finally have crossed that bridge where I'm just like, okay, that's about what I would what I would hope to be drawing basically
0: yeah they announced their first cheering show i think for january of next year in osaka i'm not looking at that but i believe that's what i read which that'll be a fun a fun draw for me just in the fact that we've never seen a Glee show with cheering fans so there there's a lot to look forward to there and i and i think we've done a fair job being the dragon gate podcast of covering the things that are either strong hearts related or now Kaito Ashida related that matter to the larger Japanese picture and that is a show that that when we cross that bridge we'll talk about it because I think it's it's going to be an interesting atmosphere I'm very curious to see given the names that are behind the promotion if they really up the festive levels for that show if there's something there that hasn't been able to be presented thus far within the history of the promotion that makes it stand out a little bit more because right now again i enjoy the product i enjoy the presentation i love the way they've handled out Lindemann. it's just i'm one of the 700 people in tokyo that would seemingly buy a ticket to their show and that that's a huge problem
1: Right. Yeah. So it, it, I didn't know about that in Osaka, that that seems to be one of the places that if I were them, I would be going heavily towards. So that makes sense that they would do that. And one would think that with all the connections with the various people within LaDette that they could probably uh, do they announce if it was ED on two or if they're doing Taisho show for that.
0: I am almost positive. It is. Yeah, it is ED on two on January 8th. First vocal support show. So I would put Kaito Ishida in the biggest match you possibly can on that show. That is his hometown, and I would take advantage of that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that'll be the first hometown show that he's had cheers since uh, Champion Gate 2020. So, yeah, I mean, he,
0: that's uh, the, the, first, the first time he's had cheers in his hometown since he wrestled Genki Horiguchi for the Brave Gate Belt, which might as well have taken place a million years ago.
1: Yeah. But we live in the present, we live in 2022, and with Dragon Gate, one of the uh, more rooted in the future and in the present, we, we got to talk about this corkin uh, show leading off tonight's episode. The Gate of Victory was on the 6th, there was a midweek cork, and they don't, they don't have as many Thursday corkins as they used to, I feel like. I feel like it's either like Wednesday or Friday, but it'll be up on the network until the 13th, and just off the top case, your review is up on VoicesOfWrestling.com. I came away pretty happy about everything going into uh, uh, Gated Destiny coming out of this Corican show. Uh, it seems like you, you, you were of a similar mind about this. Am I right?
0: Yeah, very much in the category of good show, not a great show. I don't think this is one where I would say, okay, pause this podcast. Make sure you listen to it before it expires on the Dragon Gate Network, then come back to our thoughts. I think this is one where you can listen to us talk about it here and kind of decipher what you need to see. I don't think anything was bad. I even thought the two-hand touch Thanksgiving football eight-man tag was a fun version of that match. It seemed like the middle of the show lacked a little bit of urgency, whereas the first two matches and then the main event, or the first two matches and the last two matches really mattered in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, this was this was a fine show. I mean, we'll talk a little bit later. I, I want to talk when we get to Kyoto about big picture stuff in terms of where we're at right now and looking back at what we were talking about at the end of july beginning of august right out of kobe world and and kind of the very uncertain times that we were going going to get into in september october november and how they've navigated those waters thus far i thought this week of shows was a really good snapshot of where they're at we've obviously done some big picture stuff in terms of drangate in the scene as a whole, uh, wrestling in Japan as a whole, I think this is a very good chance to highlight the exact moment that Drangate is in right now. And This Corkin show does a very good job of that, uh, with obviously no Shun Skywalker, no SB Kento, La Straya, or Takuma Fujiwara. The Kyoto show was missing even more guys. But yeah, to answer your question in a very roundabout way, this was a good show. I would recommend watching a, a, a few matches from this.
1: Yeah, it's something that I felt like that this weekend of shows, like we knew it was going to be a thin bench week, but it really kind of came across that way. And the fact that like I came away from both of these shows, especially with Cork and incredibly happy with the direction of things going into Osaka next month, I thought that everything was doing, everything hit, hit the level you would want it to do. And then also considering like the fact that you can't really do anything with whatever's kind of high, with high end right now. Well, what do you do? Okay, gold class immediately has a little bit of juice now. You can do a three-way match, and that's what we got set up here. But at the same time, I'm walking away from the showcase. Uh, basically, after intermission, I thought everything was great. Like it was. This might be the first time that, in maybe over a year or so, that I feel like I've had like two notebook matches post intermission in tokyo cork and hall it's just not happened a lot because of how they changed the focus of the building but i felt like that with like the storyline stuff and uh, just the general like the the main events that they've been putting on this week was something that i was kind of impressed with given the uh, the the uh, thinned uh, roster because of the excursions because of injuries and, and everything like this I, I came away pretty impressed with this weekend
0: it's the one thing I've tried to hammer home when it comes to cork, and you know, obviously, and, and you've done more work on this than anybody. Their cork attendance has been very strong, given the competition, and more importantly, it's been very consistent. The weird thing in the pandemic era for Dragit, especially post twenty twenty, I don't think they had this issue. August, September, November, December—those first few cork and shows that they ran uh, right after fans returned to the buildings, but. Everything after that, the main events have not hit. Now, there was an issue in the early part of last year, especially in the Build a Dead or Alive, where there were these strict curfews on these Cork and Hall shows. And so we were getting like eight-minute main events, and they just didn't have any time to breathe, and they didn't really feel like main events. And you're exactly right. The last two matches on this show felt like old-school Gate Cork and main events, which is one of those things, as we talk about Gate outreach into the English-speaking fan base, that is something that has to continue to deliver. They can have four and three quarter star matches in Osaka number two. They can have absolute match of the year classics in Kyoto. They can have whatever they want in Kobe. Ultimately, it does not matter to, I think, most people that can understand this podcast unless it's happening in Cork and And Luckily, I thought this main event was was one of those matches where I I would recommend people stop down and and take a chance to watch if they haven't already. But that is something going forward that I really want to see from them is the, is the post-intermission stuff needs to matter, it needs to feel big, and it needs to be great.
1: And it's something that you, you, you talked about, like Global Outreach right now, and you take a look at the, the stuff after intermission, and for people who are newer to Dragon Gate, traditionally they will have basically everything up until two matches, up until intermission at Cork and Hall, Cork and Hall, you, you know, sometimes they don't really have intermissions at Cork and Hall, but it's basically considered those last two matches are like the upper card main event and semi-main. But you look at like the matches and the segments that came out of the, uh, the, the, the 4v4 single match series here. Those are all people that when you're doing this kind of outreach, you're going to want to have your binkays front and center. Cause I think mean, binkay immediately went, then got on a plane, went out to San Francisco for West coast pro. You want to be able to have them in those kind of roles and, you look at how this show kind of was delineated for a lack of better w- words here. And it really does feel like that not only like the, the younger generation is at the forefront and is leading the charge here, but they're positioning it so that at this time we're trying to get more eyes on the product, you have the people that you that they're going to stick with for a while. You know, I mean, you have Yamato in the main event, you have Dragon Kid, someone that they're going to roll re- still, they, they still haven't taken that step back with in a lot of ways. And I feel like that that, is something that we haven't really had a Corkin feel like this in a while. We've had great storyline Corkins. We've had a couple of strong match Corkins, but we really haven't had like the walk away from Corkin Hall show going like, wow, all right, everything's full course ahead.
0: As we've talked a lot about this year of who's influencing what and who has power and who's doing this and who's doing that, I think one of the biggest differences of a pre-OWE split Dragon Gate and a Ultimo Dragon controlled Torimon or now Dragon Gate is that it's very clear when Ultimo has his fingerprints on a Cork and Hall show because it's, it's Dragon Gate does Monday Night Raw more so than Dragon Gate storms into Cork and Hall and treats it the same way that a New Japan or an All Japan would, uh, which was, I, I think, much more the vision when, uh, I, for lack of a better phrasing just when shima was there and shima had some power you were guaranteed those really strong back halves and you know my point this year as as we've squandered and bickered over who has what and who's backstage and who's quote-unquote in the room is hey A lot of this stuff is is Ultimo, and this promotion has had shows that feel like a continuation of 2003 Torimon rather than 2016, 17, 18 Dragon Gate. This was uh, much more in the vein of a pre-OWE split Dragon Gate, Cork, and Hall show, even if it wasn't phenomenal. Just the tone of it was very similar to that.
1: Yeah, and it, it still had a lot of, I feel like, Ultimo touches throughout the show as well. But as we said it's up on the network until the 13th. You, you you still got about a day or so as the show's uh, reporting. Just going from uh, top to bottom because there's stuff throughout here. They opened up and this match is up on YouTube for free into perpetuity. It is gold class of Benkei Kota Minora, and Minarita defeating the original N2K group of Misaki Mochizuki, Susumu Mochizuki, and Yazushi Kanda when Benkei got the Jack jackhammer that he's calling the masakari on Konda.
0: two big points here that are, are kind of only loosely related to this match one two names came to mind when i asked myself this question i mentioned one of them in, re- in the review one of them i'll mention here ben k's charisma transplant have you ever seen such a dramatic shift in charisma the 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 one that came to mind that i wrote in the review was hey this is like maybe not in terms of that like global superstar quality but just in the way that he went from a guy to a guy shinsuke nakamura when he returned from mexico and i also think you could just look at the beginnings of akira tozawa's career and then where he ended up ending in drangate sort of that transition he made during his excursion in the u.s have you ever seen a wrestler other than those guys make the sudden drastic shift the way Ben K has?
1: I, I think usually when you see the sudden drastic shift, it's always overdone or it's done in a negative direction instead of Ben K. Because this was the thing that Ben K was always missing was charisma. Was <laughs> Completely, charisma, was yeah. it, and was ability here so it's, it's not even like when you like see like the abrupt like character changes that have happened that you'll see a lot in north american wrestling this is one in like the direction where you're like you do have to instantly go to shinsuke nakamura and like that's like it's not one-to-one but it's the closest thing to one-to-one and otherwise because even like a character's out that one is much more of a slower thing it's like oh he went away and he came back and was a different man with the, this is something that it was literally oh bored on a road trip i'm gonna just oh this is a show that doesn't really matter i'm gonna try this out here oh i think i have something here
0: it's so bizarre and it was funny reading uh the comments of somebody that attended the west coast pro show that ben k was at where they're like hey haven't been keeping up with the gate thought ben k was kind of the stoic japanese warrior type When did he become a gold chain wearing rapper? And it's just to wrap your head around that. If you would have told me even in June when Kaisuke Akuda left the company and we were, you know, sort of murmuring about the future of Ben K and I, I I was somebody who never, I I I never heard anything personally that Ben might have been on his way out. We obviously knew he was, you know, real life best friends or maybe is real life best friends with Kaisuke Akuda, but it, it didn't seem like Ben had any rational landing spot elsewhere and i had never heard anything i know other people had uh, of ben possibly leaving but if you would have told me at the end of june of like okay so here's what's going to happen gold class as we know it is no more there's no ashita there's no Doi, but the unit still exists and it's not carried by menorah and minorita it's actually carried on the back of ben k who is now wearing about a hundred pounds worth of gold chains around his neck and he has this catchphrase where people are losing their minds and lining meet-and-greets as far back as they can go to do his catchphrase with him, that is a giant leap from where we were in the summer when we had reported that, hey, there was a Kobe Sambo Hall show where Ben and Akuda were doing the intermission meet-and-greet, and there were like four people in their line, which is just unheard of. This transition that he's made, is so impressive because for as talented as Ben is, and we have obviously been the two Ben K guys from his debut onwards, nobody celebrated his win in 2019 more than we did. But I just kind of assumed we had seen the full Ben K experience. I really didn't think he had this in him. And the, the amazing thing is I I don't look at it so far and this could change. I don't look at this as like Kurt Angle comedy where it undermines the legitimate background that he has or it undermines the seriousness of his character. I still think Ben and I, you know, I I was uh, writing the Ben is going to challenge Yoshioka at Gate of Destiny train harder than anybody. That's not going to be the case. It's Yamato versus Yoshioka, but feasibly, I mean – Ben could challenge Yoshioka at final gate with this character, with this gimmick, with this momentum that he has. And I don't think it would come across foolish at all. I think it'd be a really heated match.
1: It, it's something where for like someone like Ben K it, it it's you, you go back to uh, the three-way generation war where he, when he was like a triangle gate champion with like, I think it was Daya and Jason, maybe it was the third on that team. Oh no, it was KZ. KZ was the third on that. And Ben would disappear and it was something it's like how does someone who is that physically impressive and can do those things disappear well it's just they don't exude any like character with that and that's always been the, the knocking point that now instantly, so it's something it's like oh yeah he was a dream gate champion they did it he he didn't have an embarrassing uh run but it was something it's like okay yeah now you could say he is a former Dreamgate champion if you need a title challenger and that's how he was but now it's something where it's like oh maybe you could see what would happen if Ben K with like a run like this. It's like, yeah, maybe it's hot hand and it's the funny act and people like doing chicky, chicky, chicky. And it does transcend as we'll talk about later. But uh, it, it it's something that really at a time where things could be very stagnant and he could sink and very likely would have s- sunk. Finding this has been like the solve that he's really needed for years.
0: Yeah, it was that Ben K, Dragon Dia, Strong Machine J, Team Dragon Gate opened the Triangle Gate Championship team, where, in my defense, they won them Champion Gate 2020, so it was right before the pandemic shut everything down, but I do remember doing an episode with you in 2020 and Going on this brief monologue about, like, what are they doing with Ben K? He was a Dreamgate champion last year, now he's doing nothing. And about halfway through, I was like, Oh, shit, that's right, he holds the triangle gate belts right now, he's literally a champion of this company. But to your point, he just disappeared. It was, I mean, that was a bizarre triangle gate team, anyways. But uh, Ben certainly did not help matters, he is helping the image of gold class as a whole. And that's kind of the other thing that I want to throw at you up top here is what is the history of this unit they've existed for 7 months and they've gone through like five phases already it's it's just when the book of drangate is written which unfortunately i think is going to come down to you and i how can you even describe what this unit is it was started as a vehicle to get hot guys to get women to come to shows and now it is this Ben K vehicle. It bombed in Kobe. It's been this bizarre thing where and I thought Jay did a really good job of pointing this out on commentary, where where Minorita went from like a a sideshow character that was getting bullied to like a vital part of this act that feels like a vital part of the touring roster. Like it's just the strangest thing. And I I Mike off the top of your head is there another unit with as complicated of a history as gold class and they're only seven months into their existence?
1: Well, you have to go to like short term or like part time units in a way, you know, because it's like, usually it would be like re-geared after a year or so, like n- not, not always 300 day 366, you got to change things up. It just is one of those things that you let it run and it's real original carnation unless there's, storyline stuff it's like antios like that's like the one that's like coming it's like yeah no this one this was another unit that couldn't get out of its way and was dead on arrival and just did not really thrive and they just ultimately had to completely just uh go back to the drawing board and and have red but with this I mean you think about stuff like Renaissance like Waku waku Fuji Lane stuff that weren't really units or were such short time or bizarre units that they didn't really exist. This was supposed to be a super face unit. Like that's the wild thing.
0: I I think Renaissance is a really good comp because that was a Magnum Tokyo creation that Magnum Tokyo wasn't really around for. And so explaining what happened there is really complicated in the same way that like, yes, this unit was based around menorah, but it also, you know, Kaito Ishida was really hot coming off of getting kicked out of R.E.D., or at least he seemed like he was really hot, and it seemed like there was going to be this—like, if you would have asked me, and, and I, I'm sure we talked about this in April, like, well, by the end of the year, I'm sure they'll be doing this, like, one-two begrudging respect thing between Manora and Ishida, and they'll be trying to figure out whose unit this really is, and instead, Ishida is gone and Doi is unaffiliated, and it's just so odd— it's a unit that I love the concept of. I love the creation of. I still think their triangle gate match where they won the belts at champion gate is, is not only, I mean, it's easily a top 10 Dragon gate match for me this year. It might be a top 10 match in the world. And I know I was higher on it than most people, but I was like, Oh my God, they've, they found something here. They have these three a level guys in this triangle gate team. This is going to be spectacular. And then they fall by the wayside and two of them are gone for all intents and purposes. and, And now, again, like this unit really relies on Minorita to kind of beat the drum. And now there's Ben K there. And it's just, it's very strange. It'll be interesting to look back on this. You know, we obviously groan at the existence of an Antios or an overgeneration. My thoughts and feelings have changed so dramatically week to week on Gold Class. I, I am so excited to, you know, be five years in the future and look back on this time period because I have no idea what my impression of this unit will be when they actually go away.
1: And it's something where it's still clearly evolving, too. Like, this isn't something where, like, the end of overgeneration, it just was so dead that they just had to go find a way just to go take it out back and put it down. This is a unit It's like, no, there's, you don't have to completely, like, toss the baby out of the bathwater here. Like, that's gonna be, like, the interesting thing. Like, five years from now, it's gonna be like, okay, so you had the original three plus Minorita, and then within five months you completely had to rebuild it and that's going to be the thing that five years from now i would like to be able to look back and be able to go like hey that in the fall of 2022 when Benke just now just is just always going to come out with like 10 pounds of cuban link on him like (laughs) that's like these are the these are the weird nuggets that like the two of us care about that maybe like five other people do so
0: It's yeah, it's it's one of those things And I was reading something that uh, and I I, you know, my job here is to steal Alan for all talking points because I think he's so much smarter than I am. But he was talking the voice of wrestling Discord today about just the amount of footage that we watch. I mean, you think about what we watched this week from all of the different promotions, all of the stuff we had access to, all the stuff that we couldn't even get to that loosely relates to Gate none of it really sinks in and i i find myself doing this podcast on a weekly basis i think it actually hurts my long-term memory of some of this stuff because i'm giving takes week after week after week and admittedly i i sometimes forget what you know i would love to know like okay what was i thinking in june but i talk about this stuff so often that it all sort of runs together after a while i i i guess i should clarify I stand firm in my opinions in the moment. It's just as time goes on, I sort of forget where I'm at on some of these things. And this gold class one is a perfect example of just like, God, so much happened that I don't know if my memory is going to be of, of Minora, Sheeta, and Doi bringing out Minorita if it's going to be this Ben K thing. I do have to give all the credit in the world to Ben K because we were talking a few weeks ago about how high-end and gold class just needed to go away and have this company would be so much better off if they just folded tomorrow. And now Ben has come in and you and I are both going like, well, Gold Class can stick around for a minute. I kind of want to see what Ben K is up to. So it's just, it's, it's been such an interesting year and it's been such an interesting company to cover on a week by week basis this year.
1: Case, if you're wondering why I always take physical notes, it was precisely for that reason that you talk about. So that I can go back because my memory is probably even worse than you. yeah i i
0: I, you know i i i take (laughs) i take no i I, at this point i can't watch drangate in the moment without taking notes even on some youtube stuff but it's just it's scattered about and i i i think about you when i watch these shows sometimes because i'm not as organized as i would like to be and it's it's just it's strange this especially this year so much has changed on a week-to-week basis that i was kind of sitting here you know first second week of october going like oh boy all right where where was my head at in February and March, and what has changed as the year has gone on? Because there's been a lot of change, and, and Ben Kay becoming this charisma machine is not one of the things that I had on my bingo card at the start of the year.
1: Two other things, or four things, I don't think we really had on our bingo card starting this year was the next match. It was combined class 2020 to class of, or class 2021 class 2022 colliding as. M3K is Mochizuki Jr along with associate Ishinahashi, defeated Kaito Nagano and Ryo Fuda when Mochi, uh, when Ishinahashi hit the Komada style choke slam onto Fuda and man this was this weekend was a very interesting weekend for Ryo Fuda for me I've I have really enjoyed what Fuda's done so far I just was, this was something that we talked about last week case so that this was really going to be a big Kind of moment for these guys, especially with how Ishan and Mochizuki Jr. in that building and boy, did all four of them really just kick kick off. I mean, like combined, we're talking about four guys who have less than two and a half years experience amongst the four of them. And they had a excellent like three and a half star match.
0: Yeah, I mean, who's the oldest guy in this match is I mean, Ishan is I, I and I can look it up real quick, but okay, so Ishan is the, was, both
1: the oldest and the most senior roster member in this yeah,
0: match. Yeah, so Ishan is 20, he'll turn 25 in 2 weeks. He'll turn 25 on October 27th. Yeah, that's I mean, for what this match was, it was it was remarkable. It goes back to the the talking point I've been having about just the way this company develops talent. I will let you have the floor to talk about Fuda here real quick, and feel free to mention the Kyoto match alongside of this, because I kind of think they blend together, because my takeaway for his—I I enjoyed Fuda. I thought he had a nice little weekend. My takeaway from this match specifically was not Fuda related so please, you have the floor if you have more to say
1: yeah so i kind of have to talk about the kyoto match in concert with this he had a singles match of Minorita, so they've really been having the future classes really go at it and the thing for Fuda that's really been the interesting thing and, and and this is going to be a compliment sandwich case this is something uh, my, my that, favorite
0: form of feedback I, i'm on board
1: the, yeah uh He has done a great job, especially when you think that he was in matches with someone like Mochizuki Jr., who is so clearly patented. I mean, it is not just like subtext. It is super text how much it's like, oh, yeah, no, he is his father's son. So he has to differentiate himself in his moveset. This is something that we've talked about since he returned is the idea that he kind of comes at angles. He's willing to use the... uh, the ropes is springboard upwards, and it's something that's been a nice kind of thing that needs to differentiate for her. And it's something that we kind of got to see that worked both ways between the tag match and the match with uh, Minorita, which I thought that actually that match Minorita until the main event, that was my favorite match on Kyoto. Before we get into Kyoto like that, I really, really enjoyed that. The thing, though, about Fuda, and it's something that... With that path that I talk about, it about him adapting and him being like, oh, yeah, I'm a kickboxer, but I'm in a promotion with a pair of, pair of father-son kickboxers I need to set out there. So he has that path forward. But the thing that, like, my big takeaway from this, and it's this, here comes the meat of the sandwich here. I need to see, like, and it's very hard to say this, but he's coming up on his year anniversary, and he's really the one that we could take a step back and assess in this way. He needs consistency. He needs to be able to, like, have a good string of, like, months and some of that's out of his control. But I really kind of need to see that from him before really, like, trying to assess him because, I mean, this is him coming back from a recurrent injury this week or over the last two weeks. So it's something that, like, it's still a nagging thing. But at the same time, I have I was really impressed because like, especially tagging with someone like Kaito Nagano, who, okay, so I'm about to hand it right off back to you to talk about that. I mean, that, that this was a match that could have gone very badly in a lot of different ways. And uh, again, each time uh, I talk about Mochizuki Jr., I talk about how this is a, g- a guy who doesn't take a wrong step here. And Fuda, really, it's something that you, you like see these things c- stick through it, and it's something that makes you want to like, kind of put up with the... The, the injury problems he seems to have.
0: I think that last point is is a great point. That's kind of exactly where I'm at, is there is enough potential there. And, and look, after his debut match, on a show where Takuma Fujiwara and Takumi Hayakawa, now Minorita, debuted and Shoya Sato debuted the next night, on that show, I was coming away going, yo, who's this real FUDA kid? We we nicknamed him the problem after his first match, and you know, that, that 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 became a problem when he stopped wrestling for six months. But you're exactly right. There was enough potential there with Fuda. There's enough talent that I think you and I both see in him to go like, all right, injury's not ideal. We obviously don't want that to happen, but there's there's something there that is worth exploring. And I think for him, the best case scenario is that you and I spend every week on this show for the rest of the year kind of doing our weekly Ria Fuda report. What did he do this week? Because you, we, we want him to be healthy enough to discuss on a week in week out basis. If he misses a bunch of time in November, then it's going to really hinder my thoughts on him overall. I need that consistency. I need that period of time where he's wrestling on every single show. That would be ideal is that he does not miss a show from here until the end of the year, because I thought he had a really strong week, and I was really happy with his output.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's kind of what what it comes down to. Other than if we want to try like to pay off Ho Ho to, to to like to, to like send us DMs about what's happening there, but no, we're not going to do that.
0: Uh, hey, he's, but, he's not he's not one of my sources. I oh, Ho and I <laughs> we're not we're not trading DMs. No, I, I, I'm I saying
1: that, though, like, put down, put down the money. We might be able to get some help there with that. But the, the the overall point with Fuda is I kind of, as he's approaching the end of his rookie year, kind of want to go a blank slate with him until we get to see his, him get some health consistency here. Because he does have that much promise. It's just, it's something that no one want, would want to have the rookie year he had in a lot of ways.
0: I, I'm always intrigued by the guys like him. And I guess you can file. Uh, oddly enough, I think you can file a Kaito Ishida type guy. Although we didn't start like this. He certainly finished his career like this. These sort of thicker kickboxing type guys that might make more sense in a DDT or no, at least on the surface when they land in Gate. And again, there's not many of them. I think Yoshioka could fall into that category a little bit. If you, if you look at some of his, his younger years, but they always really catch my eye because if they're in Dragon Gate and they're being pushed and they work that style, I think that means there's really something to what they do. They have some sort of value that the company sees in them. So, you know, we're we're a month and a half out from his one year anniversary. I would hope that he is continuing to do work with Mochizuki Jr. and Ishii who who was really What I want to talk about here is that tandem, because for as much as I enjoyed food and I thought Nagano, you know, played his part well, I was really into the continued teamwork and the growing double team of Ishin and Mochizuki Jr. This uneasy alliance that I think is slowly going to morph into this, this second generation tag team that I think is really exciting to everyone in Dragon Gate. I love these guys. The fact that they were able to go from this heated singles feud to this uneasy tag team as seamlessly as they did is something that I, I, I'm i just going crazy for. I mean, this is something that I really hope in 2023 that we're talking about these guys against Shun and Diamante, and we're talking about these guys against Jason and Jackie or Dragon Kid and Shuji Kondo, whatever the combination is. I think there's a ton of potential with this team, and I think we saw the foundations of it here. And I should also note before I let you speak on that, I love, love, love the fact that this is a a match with Mochizuki Jr. and Ishinihashi. Masaki Mochizuki is at ringside, but he's not in the match. And who scores the fall? It's not Mochizuki Jr. It's Ishinihashi continuing this trend of Ishinio. His original complaint was, well, you know, your, your daddy wins all of your matches for you. Me, I'm out on my own. Ishinihashi in a match with Mochizuki Jr., but without Masaki Mochizuki. Ishii Hashis is the one that pick ups, picks up the fall. Just a small little bit of storytelling there, but it was something that I picked up on and felt like it was worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that works with like this uh, uneasy alliance where afterwards, after, both here and in Kyoto, they did a fist bump, but it was basically provoked by mochizuki jr mochizuki jr is ready to move on it's says like hey maybe i have something going on good here aka maybe someone who could bail me out of situations here you <laughs> not that ready yet not not ready to put the past behind him though i do like the fact that his special uh gear that he has for like M- m3k he already has a huge tear in the pants and they already have had to just stitched it up it actually looks even more cool the fact that he just have like a big piece of tape on his gear
0: I am obviously so fascinated with what Drangate does to these young kids and the body transformation that Ishan has had. I mean, he was he was a pudgy little kid when he debuted last year, and now he's this chiseled man, and it's just incredible to look at. Like, I really did not think we would be in a I, I didn't think he would ever move away from the singlet. Yeah. And now he's got these, he's got these long boys on, and he looks great his hair looks great his body looks great he looks great
1: it's something that like now if we really ever truly have a super slow week like if they decide to add an extra week on to like that that holiday vacation they have at the beginning of the year case and we have another week we need to fill studying the idea of the thick boys and the singlets in japan because that there is a tendency there that like because, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because he was a uh, he, he, had some chunk to him, in it, and that was something he's like, oh, yeah, he's in a singlet there. And it just kind of immediately reminds you of all the other kind of husky guys who were singlets in wrestling in Japan. Because there is a rich vintage of that, you know, if you think about it. I mean, uh, Shingo in this company, you got your favorite wrestler, Yoshie, of course. And then, Ugh. like, Shigehiro, Irie. Like, there is a rich vein of Thick Boys that he has passed on.
0: You know, I've been tweeting about Gate for eight years now. I've seen some tweets come across my timeline that have absolutely stunned me. Uh, mostly horny, mostly very thirsty. I feel like that is a week where you you phone a friend and you have a guest. I don't know if I'm the most qualified to talk about the thick boys of Japan. It seems like there's a people that might be chomping at the bit to do that though i I, I mean
1: the the just like it. It, it it's part of open the voice gate like canon but it's like side it, it's sidebars that we would have like discussions here like, like i'm thinking about like the, the, there was like this show in the uk called i think it was after dark but it basically was like it started at like 11 o'clock and it went until they were done talking and they drank and smoked on stage it it, it was you know 80s and 90s in the uk you and know it sounds like know. a
0: gcw show
1: right yeah yeah but like the thing about it is they just keep on like discussing it and it's all done very calm we need to start voice gate discussions here to, not voice gate after dark. We're not going that far here, but something more like we, where we tackle the singlet and moving on from the singlet, I think is a big thing. Cause yeah, now he looks like an absolute, like a uh, box office star here. And I did not think that K that way when he was coming out in the pink singlet.
0: No, not at all.
1: So let's get through the slow part of Corkin pretty quickly. Uh we had that touch football eight man tag, uh problem dragon, punch no Takashi Yoshida, Yosuke Samaria versus Don Fuji, Ginki Horikoshi, Konamawa Chikawa and Ultimo Dragon, uh Yoshida got a verbal submission out of Konamawa Chikawa when he had him up for the cyber bomb, And as soon as the bell rang, he power bombed to the mat. This was the stalker variant of the touch football match, and you know, the amount of stalker in there, you know, greatly raises my spirits in one way when we have a match like this.
0: Yeah, I this was a lot of fun. This is kind of one of those, hey, if you're pressed for time, obviously you're not missing anything, but I, I really enjoyed the finish of Konami Chikawa submitting while in the powerbomb position. This, this was, I said in my review, an above average touch football tag team match. I, I thought this didn't overstay its welcome, actually. It was, it was pretty well paced and pretty funny the entire time.
1: No, yeah. The, the, this is one of the good ones. This is like, if you ever have to show someone what like the touch football match is, you, you show him a soccer match. I mean, it had Ginky in it, too. So, like, you held a bunch of refs there. Uh, tag match after this. It was Natural Vibes team of Jason Lee and Strong Machine J defeating the unaffiliated Aita and Ho-Ho Loon. Strong Machine J submitted Ho-Ho with the diamond frame. Uh, no, nothing really came out about Aita over the last few weeks. So, we kind of continue this uh, uneasy dance where everyone's looking at the door.
0: I should know, you know... We kind of speculated last week. Hey, maybe Ata's going to be Kobe and Osaka and Tokyo. He's been working the house show loop this past week. You know, he was in, uh, he was in Ma, he was in Okiyama. I, I, you know, when when that information comes out, we'll obviously talk about it. But this is another one of those deals where I think people might have might have at least I, there's something there. But you know, I, I guess I this this is a random <laughs> way of me saying I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Ato, but I do think it's worth noting that he worked the house shows this past week.
1: Yeah, the, that was something. Like, Mie and Okuyama, there were hometown shows with that, but still, you wouldn't really expect it. Uh, this core can Tag, this was uh, pretty... Uh, like, like, you had Jason and Ho-Ho in this. It was not... It, it was not a bad tag match, case, but this was a match that, you know, just because of everyone involved and everything else that was happy on there just kind of was that match where you can go kind of fast-forward through and be like, oh, this was a perfectly good three and a, half, three and a quarter star match.
0: Yeah, I spent my review talking about how this was a, a match that really made me feel like a, a what-could-have-been moment, you know, thinking about February and March to, to recall what happened earlier this year, going like, man, it looks like Ato and Strong Machine J are going to be a unit. This, this possible a Strong Machine J, Yosuke Santa Maria babyface unit that just did not happen. So I started thinking about that here. But yeah, it was a, it was a, a, a perfectly fine match.
1: Yeah, and that led us into the post-match. Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya came out, and they further built the... Uh, uh, I'm, I need to look up what the exact name of the show is, but it's the uh, it's the Noah and uh, Dragon Gate joint show next month, as of the time of recording. It is on 11-11. It is the... As I'm playing, this the Global Dream Show, and now they have announced that it will be Kaito Kiyomiya and y- Yuki Oshioca versus... Uh, Keno, and Kota Minenora does this change your frustration level of the show at all case
0: no, no, I'm still annoyed by the mere existence of this show. I don't know what your read on this is to me. it is ooh rough advance. Maybe we should book the two champions in a match, and uh this is what we got. I'm sure this match will be awesome. I'm sure a lot of the matches will be fine, but I still i'm i'm i you're gonna review this show i i can't sit down and write about this
1: uh this is a noah show buddy i'm not okay. touching it <laughs>
0: okay so we're who, who in the voices of wrestling say we're talking to uh I, I don't know who does the reviews kevin Hare, maybe i don't know who does the noah reviews. paul but, uh, or we,
1: kevin Hare. yeah that's
0: that's right yeah we'll uh we'll be passing this one off uh i of course am in the market if anybody wants to to commit to consistently reviewing Gate corgan hall shows be my guest but especially this noah collab uh All you guys, you guys knock yourselves out.
1: Yeah, I I kind of like look at this in a way because you like look at that uh, Noah uh, Sumo Hall Jr. show that did awful, that they like brought in the Junior, they brought in the Dragon Gate Juniors and it just was something that just wasn't going to help out at that point here. I think it's, you could, that there's definitely a read there about Kiyomiya and Kano uh, trying to help boost the gate or on the same token, this other side of the coin, Wow, maybe the advance is so hot that we want to get our stars attached to it to this company that sometimes comes close to doubling our output and our home base building. You know, you can see it both ways.
0: I yeah, I feel like we would have heard about that.
1: Right. Had yeah had that no, been I, I'm, I'm being charitable. I'm being charitable. Yes. But yeah, I, yeah I, just... I mean,
0: look, and now and I, I should note, and, and again, I mean, God, I would love to know the backstage politics of this show. It's not just getting Kiyomiya on this show. It's also getting Yoshioka on this show and that he's someone who I don't know if he was on the initial talent list of guys that were booked. He might have had the night off here and is now, you know, I, I just I get the impression Kiyomiya had this date circle on his calendar as a night off. And now he's being asked to work this show.
1: Yeah, I, I guess like the thing I'll be really interested about this like as we get closer to it and we do have stuff for the cork and hall that dragon gates having right before this one be interested in seeing like if it feels like a full push corking hall from the dragon gate side for their cork and hall show or if they are trying to hold things in the tank i don't think they are given that they booked a three-way six man on that show but it's something that you know can't discount completely out of hand you know
0: I want to note that if you go back to September 4th on the Dragon Gate Japan English Twitter account, and this is a company-run Twitter account. Obviously, people know that Jay has his own account, but this one is by the books and typically just a translation of whatever is coming from the official Japanese feed. The exact tweet is, and I quote, details will be coming very soon regarding the Dragon Gate and Noah Jr.'s joint live event that was set up today in Osaka, end quote. And with the way this show had been presented until Kiyomiya came out, that was part of my complaint was, hey, wait, why, why are these Rangie guys on a Noah Jr. show? If it was presented, I'll, let me phrase it to you like this. If the first match that was booked was Yoshioka and Kiyomiya versus Minora and Kano, I would be way more into this concept. But the way this show had been promoted for the first month was it was Drangate guys and Noah Jr.'s. And the addition of these heavyweights leads me to think, okay, we're in trouble here. We need to book some actual stars because the Noah Jr.'s division, uh, for as innovative and exciting as it has been at points in time, has never, ever drawn and likely will never, ever draw, even if Drangate's name is attached to it.
1: Yeah, and... Like, again, looking at it again from the other side of it, I have to imagine that if I was a primarily a Noah fan and it'd be like, oh, all this Dragon Gate stuff, why should I care about this? Like, if you would have had Kia, me, and Kano leading off there, it's like, oh, now I know that it's actually going to be a thing and not just whatever the uh, Stinger guys are doing right now, you know? Like, like, it's something that, you know, reversing this probably would have. Changed a lot of people's at least impressions of the show coming up.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Getting into the post intermission matches, we have a four way singles match series uh, Natural Vibes versus zebrats They drew the pairings before the match. They did a lottery system where they have the envelopes and slips of paper. But the deal about this one and that the one that makes it different from the RED versus uh, Masquerade one was, of course, randomized numbers. And this one was worked kind of on an escalator, where the first match had a five-minute time limit, and they added five minutes to each one until the final match, having twenty, which is the standard Dragon Gate, a uh, non-title match match length. So they they added the element of time here. Uh, I think it's easier to kind of just lump them all in together. In case when we talk about this match,
0: yeah, we could do that. Yeah, my my big picture thought here is I think every match individually delivered with. KZ versus Hyo probably being the weakest by the end of UT and Kai. This felt like a very worthwhile exercise in building drama and extending this feud. It took a while to get there again. I think the match took a dip in that third segment. But by the end of this with the ref bump and the run ins and the flash pin finish, this felt epic by the end of it. And to me, that is mission accomplished
1: right yeah I mean like this is something that like clearly the endpoint. I've talked about this like even if Danger Skate like the end point has to involve Shun Skywalker so how are you going to build the stakes while you while he's not here and I felt like this was an excellent way of doing so even leading up to the point that they made a big point of KZ getting the fall in his match against Hio because of Shun basically running down KZ all over social media over the last few months and then UT winning it, and the, the fact that Natural Vibes was not was ready to kind of be like, All right, now let's take care of this here. And that after the match, that brought up Gold Class because uh, Benke uh, was called out by his class of 2016 classmate about units being useless right now, and he was the only reason why uh, Gold Class wasn't. But the series, I felt like it was done really well. Like, you had Diamante and JFK leading off for like the sprint match, and it was exactly what you expect there shimizu and hulk was just doing gross stuff for 10 minutes and ending with a 10 minute time limit draw off of the dumbest move ever which i appreciate
0: where are are you at before the finish because i critique the finish in my review i didn't like that hulk hit two first flashes and then went for a suplex to the floor that that didn't that didn't really make sense to me but as a 10 minute match did you enjoy shimizu versus hulk as much as i did because i thought it was very compelling yeah i shimazu sold his ass off in this match i, like, I told made... you i i said i said i really wanted diamante versus kamei and i think shimizu versus hulk would be a really strong combination and this is the, this is the route that they went
1: yeah and then like the uh the, the the dumb suplex like yeah like the idea of oh now i i know jay tried to cover for it but you know, like now going for the count out Now you can't get a definitive win, really, or it's much more difficult for them to do so, especially the fact that at that point it was Zebrats 10 and 1 that that meant they had to win their next two matches. So, like, I like the booking that you need to have the the draw there. I, I mean, I've been this suplex has been done from the start. Why not have it ruin matches?
0: I've got to give Jay credit. I. Had not said anything on the podcast because I didn't think it was a big enough story to talk about, but I I thought for the first time since he had been doing commentary, I thought his output in September was a little lower than the average. I, I didn't think he was on the way he normally is at Dangerous Gate. Uh, but he came back with a vengeance here. And I, I thought he, in the rotating booth of some people that speak no English and then at times Ho Ho Loon, I, I, I thought the English booth was back to being the usual great standard that it is on this show. And, and that that was one of those moments there, him trying to cover for Hulk, trying to sell this kind of victory. Even if it didn't get there with me, the effort was appreciated. So well done to him.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Casey and Hio, like that one was like, I know that you were a little bit more down for down on it i thought that i liked the idea that Hio was being able to take it to kz but that might have just been like a personal thing i was like all right now this didn't really feel like that it was like the outclassed Hio that we have seeing 12 months ago you know like it felt like okay these are two guys who are not not necessarily at the same level but they're not far off from each other and then ut versus kai was brilliant i mean ut ut is another person who had a, had himself a very fun weekend I, i'd say
0: or have you heard me before rave about the chemistry that UT and Kai have?
1: Yeah, uh, remember one of my favorite tag team matches the last five years was based around that chemistry.
0: That's that's right. I just I I wanted to be sure that people knew that this is something I had been on before this match. That this is a a pairing that I sought out many years ago and said, like even this was like when Kai wasn't really good in Dragon Gate yet and i was still like okay i don't really want him here but if he's going to be here can he wrestle ut because this is a combination of guys that work really well together and here was a nice little showcase for that i i, I feel like i must take the victory lap in the the ut and kai chemistry debate
1: <laughs> yeah but like it, it was a thing that was like oh yeah ut can go use his body as a jungle gym for 10 minutes like with, like that was a the thing there but and, and so this time it was like Kay, it was UT just being like laser pointed and trying to survive Kai, and then getting an opportunity to do so. It just was really just well done stuff, and then like doing the huge teases, like the pile, like the pile driver on the chairs on the outside. It's something that with like UT in the position he is, like this was. It felt like a big moment for UT to get the win here, especially given how his path is and how kind of his position in the group. I feel like that that was a really cool way to end this
0: match. I love these sorts of matches. I I really think the promotion as a whole is missing the opportunity when it comes to not doing more Nanawa-style elimination matches, not doing more stuff like this. That was part of the appeal when I got into this company was these bizarre elimination matches, these odd stipulations that they put themselves in, I think is an absolute strength of this promotion. And I remember, especially during the generational war of 2020 with Drangate and Tori and R.E.D., really thinking they missed an opportunity there by not doing more of those matches now you could say that was such an odd year that was when the roster was most affected by covid they were trying to figure stuff out as they went and i I would i would not have an argument to that i think that's entirely fair but i really hope going forward and i probably said this in october of last year when they did this with red and masquerade and we haven't really seen a a continued effort to do it uh, from now until then or then until now rather but i would really like to see more of this in current dragon gate
1: yeah, it's just one of those things that with this audience and with like the fabric of the promotion, the, that this is a card that they they've always been reluctant to play. These kind of cards, like they will only do so many three ways or four ways a year, and then they won't do it for twelve months to kind of like do this kind of thing. So the fact that they were willing to go for like a series match here and then they're following this up with like a three way six man tag is something that I thought. Was kind of nice to see them go back to the. We, we had a lot of the touchstones with like twenty, with like nineteen ninety nine to two thousand three era over the last few months, but this was like a nice thing to see something of more recent vintage going back.
0: A main event that felt recent vintage as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it was D. Courage and Madoka Kakuda going up against uh, Dragon Kid, Sushi Kondo, and Yamato. It was uh, as I'm looking down my notes, it it why why don't i have the, the result there it was a case okay, so what was the finish on this match i apologize for that i usually no, it's haven't okay.
0: written... the uh the finish of this main it event was galleria. it was a galleria to dragon dia as yamato stared into the eyes of yuki yoshioka it was a phenomenal finish
1: yeah no sorry about that i usually have the finishes written down in my notes with okay. that, no- but yeah. normally
0: i normally i don't so i'm glad i had this one
1: <laughs> there we go uh yeah, this was something that like you, you you bring up that this was like a recent vintage thing. This was like a touring six-man tag. And I feel like that they got a couple of these out this weekend. And I thought that that was really kind of cool to see. And given that Yamato was in the States, they had to do the big thing to build up of Destiny. And I can't think of a better way to build it up than doing that.
0: that that's exactly it. I, I will spend time and energy talking about Courage as we speed through that Kyoto show. But... I want to focus solely here on one, I will, I will briefly mention the idea that I really hope at Gate of Destiny that it is Dragon Kid and Shuji Kondo versus Daya and Kakuta for the Twin Gate Belts because that is just a really exciting match. The work they did here and I, I did not realize it just because I hadn't thought of it that this was going to be the only or rather the last chance that Yamato and Yoshioka had to interact with one another before the Gate of Destiny main event. The work they did in this match got me so excited for November 6th. And that is a show that falls on in America. It'll be a Sunday morning. I'll be watching that show live. I'm looking at the calendar now. Son of a bitch. That is, that is the daylight saving uh, day, which they run Gate of Destiny on this day a lot of years. And it always confuses me as to when the show starts. So we will cross that bridge at another time. I just know I'm going to be really confused that morning now. But... It's the first show with vocal fans. It's Yamato versus Yoshioka. They didn't have to do a lot to get me excited. You remember uh, in May, King of Gate, that was the first round matchup in Cork Hall, and I said, circle that, put all your money on Yoshioka. He's going to beat Yamato. He did. I didn't anticipate him to win the tournament, but he did. Now they've got this Gate of Destiny match. I, I don't know where you stand, Mike. I thought their work was so compelling in this match. I thought the opening grappling was the exact sort of thing that I want from Yamato. And then as the match spiraled out of control towards the end, the closing sequence here, uh, Yuki Oshioca gets taken out with a 619 and a Bermuda uh, moonsault by Dragon Kid on the floor. And then it's Yamato and Dragon Daya. And Daya's chopping away at Yamato. And Dragon Daya is a guy that has a mean chop. This dude can take the skin off of your chest. He's chopping away and he's chopping away and he's chopping away. And Yamato was unfazed by it. And for the first time in his career that I've seen, and I've watched my fair share of Yamato matches, he rocks back and then takes Dragon Daya's head off with a lariat. I have never seen Yamato do something like this. And then he picks him up, and like I said, he stares directly into the soul of Yoshioka, hits Daya with the Galleria, and pins him. I am in on this match i'm actually happy this was so effective that i'm glad there's not going to be a follow-up because i don't want to see a three and a half star version of this match on a house show somewhere this is going to be my final image until they hit the ring in osaka and i am totally content with that
1: yeah it's something that i've always liked this edge from yamato where he just always like and it's something that the young guys will always try to like make a claim to challenge yamato Think about, the recent dreamgate champions who who all have done so and thinking about like binke in, in that regard and your will come out here and he'll try to it, it, if you call his name he will come in and, and and do it and he will take out take you out coldly as it is. because that was the thing it was it was like a cold thing of like well you have awoken the beast now you're getting Yamato. Your and it, it is something where I I know that there is like a chance and fukuoka but to come on it's fukuoka you don't need to have them <laughs> come face to face there like because this was the image you want to like leave everyone at going straight into the pay-per-view like they don't have to do anything else there i mean you shouldn't need anything else really from your ace and your young champion if you think about it
0: no not at all this was again this was so effective because the match was great i went four and a quarter on it but just that lasting image of Yamato rocking Dragon Daya, hitting it with that Galarea and staring into Yoshioka. I, I I, am so in on this. I mean, w- w- you know, with just the clap crowd, I almost said the normal crowd, which I was referring to the clap crowd, which that's, that's dark and morbid to think about. But even under that setting, I, I think it would have been really, really great. But given that we're going to get some, some vocal interaction here, and given how good the King of Gate match was, I have really high hopes for this main event now. Yo- Yoshioka as a champion has been really impressive, I mean, I had confidence in him. I thought he would hit i he has blown away my expectations. Where are you at with Yoshioka's Dreamgate champion right now?
1: I think he's been a absolute success. i mean, if you really like look at how things were trending and how like the vibe was, and really it's something that yeah, it's almost three months mu- it, it we're almost at that that halfway point in, in the six months after Kobe world, but it's something that i mean I can't think of anything that he has done as champion that has hurt the company's position or anything like this and if anything he's like shown that that the company was right in giving him the the push that they did and really devoting the first uh, 10 months of this year to be all about him and Daya. like that's it's paid off it, it's made perfect sense there and and getting a match so so like we are about 4 weeks out from this I just, like, this is a match that I'm very looking forward to, but I don't think there's a Dreamgate match, and that gets me a little concerned about walking in. I don't think there's a Dreamgate match in recent memory that I'm so set already and knowing who I think should win this match and who's going to win this match, you know?
0: you're you're exactly right i think it is a 98 percent chance that yoshioka wins this match i think it would be it would devastate me on a personal level and i think it would be super detrimental to the company if yamato won but that doesn't dampen my excitement for the match if that makes sense
1: No, no 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 we don't want to see them mortgage their future for one night basically (laughs) is what you're saying
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah no no it's something where it's fascinating it's and especially with like Yamato and with like his him working in the United States and his PWI interview and talk and, and like trying to like in his way be the ace while this is all happening has been a very fascinating thing that what happens if he launches his sixth open the dream gate title run? I think that's be a very interesting position for him, not more than or just over under a year after losing that belt. Like that's a very, it's a different Yamato now than it was last year. And that would be an interesting direction as well. I just don't see them mortgaging their future for one house.
0: In regards to Yoshioka as champion, this and Hall show did 1105, which is other than the Kness retirement show, the most that they have done in and since the start of the pandemic. I should note That The Kyoto KBS Hall show that we're about to talk about did 258. The last time they were in Kyoto, which was all the way back in July, they did 303. This is the first non-substantial increase in a house that we've seen pre-Yoshioka versus post-Yoshioka. I do not read anything into that. I do not think it means anything, but it is worth noting that this Kyoto show was down, whereas every other Kobe Osaka and Tokyo show and Fukuoka up to this point had been up compared to where it was earlier in the year.
1: Yeah, uh, the only thing that I would read into that is Yamato wasn't there. You, you lost a lot of star power on this show, drawing-wise. And Wait, Yamato, I, I, yeah.
0: Y- Yamato, Ben, Shun... S.B. Eita. Kento, Ata, because uh, Ata e- was Eita was not on this show, in my head he was, but you're right, he was not. No, no Yamato, no Shun, no Ata, no S.B. Kento, and no Fujiwara, and people can roll their eyes all they want at Fujiwara. I, I I mean, Jay said it the last time he was on the show that, you know, his his matches on these smaller shows were becoming a drawn of themselves, and no Benkei, which, as we talked about, is something that, in the building, people really care about right now. I, I, I don't I don't think it means anything uh, substantial, but it is something worth pointing out.
1: Yeah, so getting into this Kobe Oskiyo show, it'll be up on the network until the 15th. They're, they've started to have wrestler commentary videos, which is kind of confusing, like the way they translates it sometimes, but they have that available as well. I think it's uh, mostly d on that. Uh, it opened up, and this match is on YouTube, and will be up on YouTube into perpetuity. It is kind of like a m2k versus do fixer kind of reunion in a way but you had Susumu mochizuki at mochizuki jr and ishinahashi representing m3k versus dragon kid ginky horiguchi and a rare ryo saito appearance and it was ishinahashi getting the win on ginky with a komata choke slam we got a lot of
0: ryo saito in this match case okay? Yeah, we did. We did get a lot of Rio Saito in this match. Uh it, it was very strange logging onto Twitter and seeing a a throwback photo of Dragon Kid, Genki, and Rio Saito, arguably one of the greatest Triangle Gate teams of all time. And then to immediately go into this match and just go like, Oh boy. All right. Uh Dragon Kid, same wrestler that he was twenty years ago. Genki and Rio Saito, not exactly. Uh this was a skippable opener in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh it it Ishin really lit up Ryo Saito in this. Like, like if you're looking for highlights, if you're going to watch the entire thing, uh, Ryo Saito very clearly does not tan anymore. And <laughs> Ishin Ahashi took advantage of that with some
0: chops. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that, that was easily the highlight of this.
1: Yeah. Uh, then we had, there was the knuckle bump afterwards. Uh, this time, it, it seemed like Mochizuki Jr. is more and more into Ishin as you know he, he's not at that point yet. Uh, we had we had the first of two singles matches on this Kyoto show. Kaito Nagano versus Kota Minenora. Kota Minenora won in five minutes and thirty three seconds with the Boston Crab. But Kota Minenora in the veteran role. Who would have thought that as for Kota Minenora, who is twenty three years old by my last check.
0: He's four years into his career with this roster, especially with who's left. That makes him that makes him a grizzly veteran at this point. And I and I thought he did an okay job in this role as well yeah i really it was something
1: that like my takeaways were oh it is i liked how they emphasized like the size and speed difference here uh nagano again is doing everything you could ask for of him i like his flipping pay like kick weird thing that he did towards the end there but nasty boss and crap here you know it's just it, it's very kind of abrupt seeing uh, K- uh kota minanora in this kind of match here and that was kind of
0: yeah, completely agree. Again, five minutes, fine, not great. Uh, that is that is the vibe on most of these matches in Kyoto.
1: Yep, and continuing that vibe is a touch football match. Uh, Ultimo, Sachi boy making an appearance, and Hoho Loon versus Takashi Yoshida. Problem Dragon punched Dominaga. Problem Dragon countered the Orion La straw Cradle, like countered it like 30 seconds into the move. Uh, yeah, uh, this was very heavy on the Sachi. Very heavy on it.
0: Uh whew, boy. Uh the best thing I can say about this match is that Minorita versus riafuda followed it.
1: Hey, uh a- another note here. Ultimo sorry shoot kicking punch no Managa before doing the uh, <laughs> Octopus stretch. Glad you brought that up. <laughs> this is why I take <laughs> notes.
0: So okay, wait, let's relax. I take notes as well. I, I am a, a seasoned <laughs> journalist, but Oh my god, I look did I did I take copious amounts of notes on this match? No I did not, but I'm very glad that you brought up that ultimate was shoot-kicking punch. you you, you
1: gotta if you dig in deep on the on the like these kyoto shows you you, you will strike gold sometimes oh
0: my goodness i i yeah ultimo you know in the same way like new japan's really banking their future right now on okada doing enoki tributes and ultimo was like i'm also gonna get it on that (laughs) this is a roster (laughs) full of 22 year olds that were raised on dragon kid matches me i'm gonna i'm gonna carry the enoki torch going forward
1: Oh gosh, just imagine it, it, it! I mean, he has like the the red on it, like his uh, shoulder pauldrons. Like they can make it work. They can make it like look, look like a scarf.
0: We're not at a point. I I think, and again, whatever. I think people really overreacted to the Ultimo Santo stuff at World this year. Yeah, we're we're, we're in trouble when we start getting special fight challenges of like Ultimo Dragon versus unheard of kung fu masters on the <laughs> on the undercards of these shows when that happens that's when i will sound the alarm when he goes full anoki
1: yeah yeah you know, we're not at that stage yet uh singles match as case was trying to get me to talk about before i talk about punch him knocking and kicked in the face um, i mean the, it was important to have it on the show
0: I oh, i'm glad you i'm glad you mentioned it,
1: it. uh minarita defeated rio fuda with a key knee lock Uh, in 12 minutes and 56 seconds. And what I thought up until the main event, like the best match on the show, one of the best matches on the weekend. I really enjoyed this case. What did you think about it?
0: I'm going to echo your thoughts from an earlier. It was, one, it was great to see Fuda work basically a 13 minute match in Minarita to the same degree, because obviously Minarita has been such a fixture on these shows this year, but it hasn't been in a lot of singles matches and it hasn't been in a lot of serious singles matches at that. But, I will I will reiterate the point that you made earlier today of this is the type of match that makes the injuries and the uncertainty of Fuda's future that makes it seem worthwhile and that you hope that he can get on track because while this was not a great match by any means. I mean I I think it would have been on the the weaker side of of what was on Corkin, but given what this show was, one of the better matches on this show. If you're invested in the future of this company at all, which obviously I think, uh, at least, God, at least with the content we've been doing, I hope some of our listeners care about it. This is a, math, a match worth sitting down and watching because it wasn't great, but it was compelling and it was well worked and it never fell apart, which is the really important thing here.
1: I'm going to take the opposite thing. This match was great. I thought this was a fascinating match because think about Minerita case. This is a guy that uh, that was a mascot that was uh, like a gimmick that you know was was clearly there because he kind of looked like Kota Menor, but was much shorter, and he controlled this match like calling op- upon like his secret MMA background with it. it I'm really impressed with Minari like working like this kind of match when you're that undersized and like in a way that does not completely kind of pull you out of it. I thought that that was incredibly fascinating stuff, and I was really really impressed with like i walked away with this like we had a discussion about Fuda here manorita really has in a lot of ways become the glue of gold class and this match kind of put the cherry on top of that for me
0: i think what we're going to discover at some point in time and it's going to hit us in the face when it happens and i think drangate is going to make the most of it what it does is that one day it's gonna just blow us away that Minorita is really really good he's worked with the biggest stars in big matches and has gotten time with all of them all year way more so than Hashi has obviously way more so than Fuda has he ha- again we don't even consider him a rookie just because with the snap of the fingers he was like a guy on the roster we forget that he's a part of this class of 2021 or at least I do and I think at some point within the next calendar year, he's going to go on a run of singles matches and we're all going to have to take a step back and go like, oh, I I didn't know it was like this. Like, I didn't realize he was this good. I think that's coming in the not-so-distant future.
1: Yeah, and I feel like sneaky performances like that kind of like put the flag up in your mind. It's like, all right, uh, I will, that will happen and I'll have to like go back and to be like, oh yeah, no, he had like this like technical masterpiece of ria fuda he he
0: spent the the entire he spent the entire year working with like yamato and dragon kid you know he's he's been taken care of and it's just he's he's such a strange little character and you know for lack of a better term such a strange little man that i think we kind of underestimated him to a degree but he's been focused on and pushed and more importantly cared for in ways that most rookies aren't so it's it's going to be very interesting to see when he eventually breaks away from this sidekick role which i think will happen whenever gold class ends i think he's going to get a chance to really shine and showcase all of these things that he's picked up on over the last seven months or so
1: yeah and and that's good it'll be interesting to see how it kind of like these things he's picking up as gold class kind of like as they we try to figure out what gold class really is you know like as we were saying up top uh, up semi-main event jason lee and yosuke samaria defeated hio and diamante jason lee got a crucifix hold on hio in 14 minutes and 27 seconds and i say all that to say if you're wondering about like this kyoto show this was the semi-main event
0: yeah, that you know what? I, I mean, I don't have any thoughts on this match. I think this is a good opportunity for us to talk about this Kobe Sambo Hall show that is coming up this weekend, which we have a full card announced for. Mike, do you have that card up?
1: Uh, this was a little abrupt, so I had to go scroll back through Twitter. That's, that, so that's, you that's okay, you brother. Second I, brother I, I
0: got it. I was just curious to see if you were prepared or not. That's okay. I sprung this on you, but I got it. So... Kobe Samba Hall Show, October 15th. That is going to be... What is that? That is Saturday morning. A lot hot action from Kobe. I'm looking forward to this. I'm, I, I I might stay up and watch a little bit of the show live. Uh, but we have the full card announced. Rio Saito, the GM, had a Twitter thread today that Jay roughly translated for us, basically explaining that part of the reason they shifted to these unannounced cards was just to provide COVID flexibility because they didn't know who was going to be on what shows. And now that... Uh, Japan is slowly moving out of the extreme precautions that have been in place for almost three years that they are going to look into moving back into announcing cards beforehand. Mm -hmm. And Mike, let's go down this card one by one. Like I said, I've uh, I've got this card pulled up. I'll read you the card and then you can tell me what sticks out to you. Kicking off with Dragon Daya and Madoka Kakuta versus Mochizuki Jr. and Ishinihashi. There is a Kung Fu Masters match with Jackie Funky Kamei, Ho Ho Loon, and Super Shenlong III against Takashi Yoshida, Problem Dragon, and Punch Tamanaga. Really intriguing singles match. Match number three, Yuki Yoshioka versus Kaito Nagano. Eight-man tag here with Ultimo, Dragon Kid, Sachi Hoko Boy, and our friend Guruken Mask against Don Fuji, Genki Horiguchi, Konamami Chikawa, and Big Boss Shimizu. Uh, match number eight. Five is going to be the M2K team of Masaki Mochizuki, Susumu Mochizuki, and Yasushi Kanda versus Kai, BB Hulk, Diamante. And the card closes out with KZ, UT, and Strong Machine J versus Coach Minora, Benke, and Minorita. And the main event, the Open the Bravegate Championship match, Hyo versus Jason Lee.
1: Yeah, so now that we're at now they're at a place they're announcing full cards here and there's a lot that i like on this card there's a lot of stuff though i can look at um can kind of get a sense of where we're gonna go here but you know having the brave gate match on night one of two of a double header and kobe sambo hall i think is smart use of a, the held back Heo from doing a title match at a dangerous gate and uh, you know, continuing, kind of crossing the streams with the M3K tag team versus Diane Kakuda in the opener really sticks out. And then, yeah, as you are saying, having a Dreamgate champion versus Kaito Nagano, these kind of matches, when it's a heel champion, can get kind of weird here, but it'll be interesting to see how this match ends up being.
0: Th- that match is so intriguing just because when it was Nagano versus Kai in his debut, Nagano was given so much offense and I, I think Yoshioka is going to do the same. I'm just so curious to see what that match looks like because it it, to your point, it's a baby face versus a rookie, which is a bit of an odd dynamic in this company, but I am really excited to see what comes of this. Uh, Much like you, the opener jumps out to me as something that should be spectacular and yo, Jason Lee, I have very high hopes for.
1: Yeah. It's just interesting that like this is happening. Although this double header in Kobe is happening while all these people are away. So, seeing like the creativity there, I mean, like the summer main event, I mean, natural vibes trying to figure out what will be their tandem in that three way six man match versus gold class. I think that's strong as well. But, you know, it's nice to see this. It's also something It's like, all right, after Yoshioka and Nakano is over, uh, for those who uh, at that time on the East Coast want to make their breakfast, that might be the match, you make your breakfast. And right after that, the nagano Yoshioka match
0: absolutely that is fun stuff and that leads us to our kyoto main event
1: yeah the kyoto main event it was d courage and madoka kakuda versus ut big boss shimizu and jackie funky Kame of natural vibes it was yuki oshoka doing the frog splash on jfk to win the match and a strong finish and yet another like touring match that they're just throwing out here like d courage and kakuda have become like this main event act against whatever trio they want to have against
0: if the year ended today, if I had to turn in my Gate top 10, this would finish in my top 10 for the year. I was blown away at this match in much like in the same way that SB Kento and Jackie Funky Kamei crushed it in Kobe last year to a point that they had to run the match back in Corken, I don't know if that natural vibe side offers enough star power to headline a and Hall show. But there needs to be some sort of decourage versus, you know, I don't know if the answer is Shimizu K-Z and UT. I don't know if the answer is KZ Jason and UT. I don't know what it is. This match needs to headline a Cork and Hall show because that is a match that can be pimped out. That is a match that I I I would get, or at least I would hope that people would care about because it would be as good as this and it would take place in Cork and Hall. Mike, this match had no right being as good as it was. On this not I'm not going to call it a dog shit show, but just this absolute nothing, uneventful, unspectacular show. And then there's this four and a half star main event that felt like classic Dragon Gate six-man tag action. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching.
1: And I think something that made it feel so cool was you had Babyface versus Babyface in the main event. Like, even though you had Yamato, the ace, in that Corkin main event there, it Yamato is still being cold as... Cold as hell, you know the gallery. So it wasn't like a pure like babyface versus babyface thing, and that's what you got in that main event. And I think that in a way allows for a different vibe of uh, for a kind of match that than it would be if it was natural vibes versus uh, Z Brats or D and Kakuta versus Z Bratz. And I think that that helps make this match stand out in that regard because you have stuff like Yoshioka and Kame had the loudest shoulder block exchange to open up this match. That I've heard in a long time, and you wouldn't necessarily have that in a heel versus baby face match in Dragon.
0: No, I, there, there was just there was a certain level of fervor to this match. I mean, they worked it with just this batshit level intensity. I, I specifically, I can just think of Dragon Daya, you know, leaping off the pile and crashing into the natural vibes guys in this really reckless and uncontrolled style of way. It was just, if, it, it, again, it's such a bummer the show happened on Kyoto because for all of the people that I, you know, Dragon Gate's not what it once was. I'm not into the new guys. The new guys haven't caught on. This is this is one of those matches you go, okay, all right. You got to watch this because if, if you're not into this, then you got to, you know, unsubscribe from the network. Move on. Don't read the reviews. Don't cover because th- at at some point you just have to accept this promotion is not for you anymore. Because I I mean this was to me such a high level of wrestling, and like I said. Uh, It would be in my top 10 would be exactly my number 10 uh, if the year ended today, obviously behind, you know, the Kobe tag match, the five star uh, match that we saw on the Ultimo show, uh, the Kness retirement and then a a bevy of singles matches. This has been a great year for singles matches in Dragon Gate. This would be one of the two six man tags that I would have in my top 10, with the other being that aforementioned gold class versus vibes match from champion Gate in Osaka in March. This is a stop what you're doing and go out of your way to watch this match. I, I can't point to a specific guy. I can't point to a specific thing, which is the beauty of these six-man tags. All of it works so well. All of it, you need to go out of your way to see.
1: Yeah, like this is exactly why you watch the random shows that pop up on the network that randomly have. I wasn't as high on you as you on this. I was still four and a quarter, and that's better than anything else that they did this week. So, or at least in Japan. Best thing they did in Japan this week. So I just... It, it, it's something where you, you see a level of inventiveness that you you talked about, like literally uh, Dragon Diet does a vault over a pile of people at, who are on top of the turnbuckle to do a crossbody. Just like w- stuff like that, that just would not necessarily like would make sense with other people there that they were able to pull off in a really inventive and fun way. And as you said, yeah, this is worth stopping what you're doing and going out to go see.
0: Really good stuff. If you're if you're into this promotion, especially if you like these guys and you know you think, ah, eh, it's Kyoto, there's nothing there for me, watch this match. I, I I came away so impressed by it. I hope they run some sort of Decourage versus Vibes match back in Corgan so I can write a lot of words about it because I really, really liked this.
1: Yeah, no, it's something that I hope that they would pick up on like they did with uh, SBK versus JFK. But that was not all that happened in the Dragon Gate world, Kay says. This was the big weekend that we were anticipating this last weekend with stuff happening, multiple promotions, multiple coasts of the United States, internationally. Uh, what, should we, what, what should we tackle first, Kay? Let's,
0: let's talk about Mexico real quick, because I, I, don't, I don't have a ton there other than that I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, so I, I do not have the exact date for this. This was on October 6th. Boston. October sixth. Well, actually, this was happening the same day as Corkin. So there we go. Have a little bit of timeline here because it's it's one of those like weird things. Like because of the fake shun now, it, the thought has put in my head here. It's like I need to keep track of like time, and I only thought college football. I would care about flight tracking. Uh <laughs> to see if it's feasible here with that. So yeah, okay, October sixth. So the Torneo Supremo was put on by Maslucha. Maslucha is a. Streaming and news, uh, a streaming service. They do uh, lucha libre reporting, and occasionally behind their paywall, they have uh, exclusive content here. They put together a pretty strong tournament that they announced for this here. It's not something you don't always see these kind of names in a tournament like Mas Lucha is a <laughs> tournament of supremo, and you don't get to see necessarily Shun Skywalker in a tournament like this, but Shun had. Two matches in this tournament. He had a opening round match against Jack Evans. Someone has popped up occasionally in our time uh, with DG and USA. And then, and then also a phenomenal match with Dragon Lee. So I, I think it's just worth kind of just talking about these two matches and the matches that did not happen on the show.
0: Yeah, I, I thought the the Shun versus Jack Evans match was a lot of fun. I did not expect Shun to wrestle Jack Evans twice on his vacation to the to the uh, North America parts of the world, but that is what has happened. Obviously, the Deadlock Pro three way a few weeks ago with SB Kento, and then here, what I thought was like a basically like a like a Shun Skywalker TV match uh, that he had with Jack Evans here, which I thought was a ton of fun, and then you have this Dragon Lee match that I went four stars with. I mean, it was... It, it will likely be Shun's highlight of his trip to North America. It was two high-level wrestlers going at it and having... Basically, if you put Dragon Lee and Shun Skywalker in the G1, I think this is what it would look like. It was this compact, really hard-hitting, really intense match that that made the notebook for me.
1: Yeah, it just was like a really kind of like remarkable and bizarre but not bizarre with any negative connotations kind of night like Shunes and Dragon Lee had a about 14 minute match that I would say conservatively five to six minutes of it was exchanging forearms and elbows back and forth
0: and, and then there's another third of it that was dropping each other on their head
1: right yeah yeah and because we're keeping track of this here on Open the Voice Gate we do have a ripped t-shirt in this match that mi- that brings Shun to two so far on his trip so you know, we had a question about how he was going to get more T-shirts. Well, Court likes them enough to make T-shirts, but I guess he's going through all of his freebies as fast as possible.
0: Court Bauer, when is the Dragon Gate footage going to air? You booked a lot of good stuff. I would like to Next see month. it. Next month. <laughs> okay. Next month, apparently.
1: They, okay, so that, Pro that sucks. Pro Wrestling TV. Yeah. Yeah, Pro Wrestling TV apparently has it. They I don't know that what that the...
0: is. Am I, do I have to pay for this?
1: Yeah, it's a streaming service. This is, I think, the one that uh, Choose Your Narrative was on. So, yeah.
0: Okay, so I I'm gonna get like Donald Trump fundraiser emails now. I don't I don't. Why? What happened to BN Sports? Why is it not on BN Sports? It apparently oh, still on. I, that. I've got a I, believe it or not, I've got a new woman of my, a woman in my life. I'd love to do a little B and chill with her. <laughs> Watch a little, little Mas Liga. What's the what's the Spanish soccer the Mexican soccer league called? Uh, La Liga la liga not masliga that's that's more that's more league we don't need that uh no i, I that's i th- what, what why is it not on Bn sports why is it not on youtube it, court uploads all the shows to youtube what i gotta what is more wrestling plus or whatever you said
1: i am looking at it right now and they have a this is really something i don't think it's a pay service because i i pulled up t it's t and t from the uk and the match when i pull up the Hope the website is Alley Cat versus Martina the Session Moth.
0: Oh, fuck. God damn it.
1: Yeah. Ugh. But it looks like it has uh, TNT Wrestling, Triple A's a part of it, Triple A's on it, uh, Warrior, yeah. uh, Women's Wrestling Army, and New South Wrestling. So people that you would think would maybe want to more be on uh, uh, IWTV
0: oh god okay all right all right well obviously spears ovation this week will have a full recap of the women's wrestling army coverage that's there i know that's something that oh, you're very invested so. in yeah yeah. Yeah,
1: no, yeah no no i i That. that's at the front of the list not even talking more about you know the passing of the biggest star in one of the major countries of wrestling you know like this goes right no no no, the top. no, no. W-
0: w- women's wrestling army okay yeah so the uh the, the Dragon Lee versus Shun Skywalker match, if you can get a Maslucha Plus subscrip- subscription, which obviously I have, and I could tell you how to do it, but I'm not going to. You know, it was so simple for me. It's not like somebody just sent me these matches. Uh, worth going out of your way to watch. I thought it was four stars, and it's probably a once in a lifetime match. I mean, I, I did not expect Shun to wrestle anybody of this star level while he was on excursion. So to get this match is pretty exciting for me.
1: Yeah, and it's just kind of like one of those lucha things where yeah this match that probably never gonna happen again it, it was in arena knock upon and it was behind a paywall you know, and like in front of like
0: a half full arena like i thought this card looked awesome on paper this is a show i would yeah. have liked to have attended in person if there was nobody there i don't understand lucha at all
1: yeah uh, uh well a couple like just just haha notes i have from jack versus shun uh the state of jack's stomach like we didn't draw attention to this here but he I don't know if he got like a spider bite or something, but like he has like this hole on his stomach that he has like a bandage over in this match that he did not have. in Raleigh, very disturbing. And commentary was talking about MLW a whole lot and MJF, who was an MLW roster member. That was their reference point to MLW was MJF.
0: Jack Evans seems like the type of guy that would have a disease that doctors really don't know what it is. And I'm just going to assume that this hole in his stomach is a medical miracle that we will find out years from now that Jack Evans had before anybody else.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he, he, he's going to be like Keith Richards. So I just assume he's just boosting his immunities, uh, GCW. She was, right, speaking about right, boosting talk, immunities. Right, there we about go. It. There. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, fight club night one, night two from, uh, uh, jeez Atlantic City New Jersey uh one night out on the 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 boardwalk the other one inside the carnival room and this was one of the bigger weekends or like the set of matches for Dragon Gate guys with GCW on that uh just just going down the list uh first off was Nick Wayne versus Shun Skywalker case how'd you like the match I booked for you
0: I thought the match was fine. I think I, th- I think Nick Wayne could very easily hang with the Drangate roster. I think he would learn. He he is one of those guys given his skill set, he would benefit more than maybe anybody else in the world from just doing a tour with Drangate and just the little things he could pick up along the way. I that's not going to happen. I don't anticipate that happening, but he is maybe the the number one with a bullet wrestler that would benefit most from wrestling Drangate guys every day for a month and a half. I mean I, I thought the match was fine. I went like 3 and a quarter on it.
1: Yeah, uh, like this was one of my big major like exposures to Nick Wayne. Uh, he is very good for his age. He is very talented. But did you see? It did was... you see
0: the Nick Wayne versus Osprey match? Not that I want you to watch more GCW, and that was a GCW <laughs> match. But did you see? Did you see Nick Wayne versus Osprey?
1: Yeah, that was good. Okay, like,
0: All right. yeah, I was really like, into that one. I, I, I've always been about a, a quarter. Uh, I, I've been about a quarter less excited for Nick Wayne than most people are. But that one, yeah. I was like, oh. All right, I get it now.
1: Yeah, no, like, it, it's very clear what he, that he has there and he has the talent there, but, like, I would co-sign what you're saying, that uh, GCW immediately, like, just, like, really makes you like and respect what, like, Deadlock and uh, Expect the Unexpected Wrestling did, just with, like, constantly bringing up R.E.D. on commentary, Dave Prazak sounding like he All wants right. to be anywhere else, and botching the finish of a guy on your show multiple times
0: this this is this is why i hate gcw and i look i it's it, it is what it is these guys have worked all over the country at this point they've worked in multiple indies and far in a way i mean without question the worst presentation of these wrestlers happened in gcw and it's mlj who I think so little of as a person uh, from my brief interactions with him, and certainly as a personality in the wrestling industry, I, I find him to add no value to anything that he does. I, I find his presence to be so incredibly off putting. There is nothing that he is associated with that I want to be a part of just by his presence alone. And for him to be so woefully off base on Shun Skywalker, not lore, not you know, not insider information, not deep cuts that I wouldn't really expect an American independent wrestling commentator to know. I'm talking about bare fucking basics. For him to not know what unit Shun Skywalker is in, which is going to be the number one thing that if you're doing commentary on a Dragon Geek wrestler's match, the one thing you should fucking know is what unit they're in. And then to add insult to injury, to get his finisher wrong by name, not just to, you know what, if he would have confused like Shun Skywalker's move, the Oshla with the SSW, I wouldn't have liked it. But you know what, maybe he's never seen a match. Maybe he just saw the in wrestling tab on his Wikipedia page and he just happened to say the wrong move. I wouldn't like it. I would still knock him for that, but whatever. But to call the SSW the SBS or whatever he called it, it shows a level of incompetency with this promotion and my main issue with GCW has and will continue to be. It's not that they exist because there is garbage wrestling fans out there. There will always be fans that enjoy what I find to be low level trash. As I said on Twitter, I think they're a trash promotion filled with trash people. I cannot stand what they do and it is not because they exist, but it is because they continue to exist at the top of the food chain. And it was so depressing talking to Jay earlier this year, realizing that for drangate to break out in america again that they're gonna have to do it not through pwg not through west coast pro not through defy not through prestige they're gonna have to do it through gc fucking w who i think so little of i fucking hate this promotion i hate the people that are involved with it i think it is dog shit wrestling i think it is the lowest common denominator and they showed it by not knowing anything anything about these two guys And the drastic flip is the next night veda scott does commentary on the yamato match veda scott also does commentary on the ben k match and i I, look mike between you and me do i think veda scott watches drangate do i think she watched this most recent cork and hall show no i do not but veda scott's also professional and she could at least sell me the idea that she had an ounce of respect and at least a little bit of knowledge for who these guys are but MLJ, who, again, I just I find to be a complete dun of a human. I, I really don't think he offers anything to the wrestling industry. And Dave Prezak, who, alongside Lenny Leonard, I think, is one of the great commentary teams in the history of pro wrestling. But GCW, Dave Prezak, might as well be commentating with his eyes closed because he offers no value whatsoever. Watching Shun Skywalker versus Nick Wayne, more so than Yamato versus Deppin, but watching Skywalker versus Nick Wayne, and then the next night, Skywalker versus Blake Christian, where – You know, look, it's the best Blake Christian match I've ever seen. I, I thought it was actually quite entertaining until the referee fucked up the finish in such a royal way which again goes to this theory that nobody in this fucking promotion knows what they're doing I, I'm so annoyed that I had to watch these two these two shows or at least these four matches rather not like I sat through anything else on these shows and I'm annoyed that I'm going to have to do it again next week because they booked these Dragate guys rather in compelling matches which of course didn't live up to the hype I mean Yamato versus Bailey was very good and we'll talk about it but I just I hated everything about this I don't know what you said that got me going I didn't think Think I was gonna get here with GCW, but I I was fuming watching Skywalker versus Nick Wayne, knowing how little care. The, the lack of a Google search that went into Shun Skywalker, the hacky, bottom-of-the-barrel, low-hanging fruit Luke Skywalker references that were going on throughout this match, it was horrible. I don't understand how people like this in wrestling talent development in America will continue to be worse for wear as long as GCW is the top US indie promotion because they are bad for wrestling as a whole.
1: And all I did was say they got the finish wrong.
0: Unacceptable. I'm sorry. It is oh, no. unacceptable. It's one move. Fucking Google it.
1: Or you know, backstage. Yes, English isn't their first rush, ref- their, their first language, and there might be a bit of a communication. But I feel like that if you're going to go on commentary, you should probably say like, "Hey, what's your finish?" Hey, you know. Hey
0: ask me i have i have open dms i i there have been numerous commentators that have come to me throughout the years when Gate stuff comes up that have reached out to me and asked me questions i'd be more than happy to do it for dave prezak i respect him uh, again he and Linda learned together great he and mlj i will be wearing head i will be wearing boys bose noise canceling headphones next time i have to listen to them call a match because they were horrific
1: the next match on the night was uh, Yamato versus Tony Deppin. Tony Deppen won with a Shining Wizard after a Tombstone Piledriver. Uh, my note I have on this was aggressively okay.
0: Yeah, I, d- I didn't think this match was any good actually. And I, I said last week Deppen will work hard. I think Deppen work hard, but I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't care for this.
1: Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be. I know Deppen's is a funny face guy. I didn't think he would go that this match would be just about uh, funny faces. Uh, the next day, they did, were inside. Did you see that
0: tweet, by the way? I think he tweeted this out the day of the show, that Deppin tweeted out, like, somebody from outside comes into GCW. They got to Tony Deppin. If you can't have a good match with Deppin, you can't hang here. And it was like, holy shit, you tweeted that today, you're working <laughs> Yamato? Oh my god, What is, what is in the water with these people? You're I, Tony I, Deppin, Relax. <laughs> <laughs> not follow <falling away>. what <laughs> uh, hey hey man if you can't have a good match with tony depp and you hang up them boots okay like what what is going on i just i i i it's the same the the level i of disconnect i have with gcw is the same level of disconnect that i have with people that are excited about the fiend like we're just we're watching two different things
1: okay so i'm excited for the fame but for entirely different reasons
0: i kind of am too i the the discourse yeah, of the yeah. fiend i am all about actually <laughs>
1: yeah, i mean <laughs> h- hiring guy- your own co- hiring <laughs> the your guy own comic nerd.
0: <laughs> the guy book nerd oh i love that shot of the guy dressed as the pig in the crowd and i it's love that he's like a smackdown exclusive too that like this is what's gonna <laughs> friday <laughs> night's fox
1: demanded it fox demanded <laughs> the it they're like listen here oh we're in tv season here and we need to have the Pigman and the fiend be exclusive i don't want to see that shit on nbc universal i, I really
0: want like cut-ins of like the fiend promotes animation domination like the the fiend is doing vo for the new bob's burger episode the, the,
1: the fiend is a celebrity picker at big noon sunday
0: <laughs> yes. oh my god what what if could you imagine so,
1: so like a couple weeks ago or might have been last week they were at iowa and of course like with Corporate Synergy, bring in Big E, you know, Iowa, former Iowa player. And, and Big E came out there. Okay, so no, you're not a college football person, but Iowa is known that their fans will wear overalls that have the Iowa uh, yellow and black colors on it. And Big E was wearing that. And, of course, Big E being Big E, he just wore the overalls. So there was no shirt underneath it. I just want to put The Fiend exactly right as how Big E was there. No shirt wearing the overalls there. And full Fiend get, get up, but wearing the yellow and black overalls. Yeah, yeah.
0: Fiend, it's Rucker versus Syracuse this week. Who you got? <laughs> and, then <he laughs> re- and then he reads a poem about how Syracuse is going to win. <laughs> reads a
1: poem about Carrier Dome and oh breaking a color barrier here. Like a very oh. thoughtful and well thought out thing, but it's the Fiend o- picking. Orange,
0: orange is symbolic. Oh, my God. Oh, I want that to happen so bad. That's so much fun to think about. Yeah, and... I,
1: I would say it was more fun than uh, Shun Skywalker versus Blake Christian. I didn't realize that Blake Christian's now a heel. Uh,
0: I, I I don't know. I, you're asking the wrong guy. I, all All I can think when I see Blake Christian, I think I said this last week too, was that. Uh, Somebody asked Gabe Zapolsky last year when Masadi Yoshino was retired. And they're like, Gabe, who, who from the NXT roster would you have liked to see wrestle Masadi Yoshino? And Gabe's response was, Blake Christian. I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, yeah, wow, it, it, you're okay. All right. Uh, you know, Gabe, Gabe's right nine out of 10 times, and we, we found the 10th response on this one. Uh, I, I, seven, I actually.
1: Six, maybe out of 10. <laughs> yeah, maybe five.
0: Uh, uh, seven out of 10, I'll give him. Uh, I actually really like this match until the finish. I, this was definitely the best Blake Christian match I've ever seen. I thought he he was able to hang with Shun. I thought this was a better showcase of what Shun could do. And then again, just a royal fuck-up on the finish that just it completely took me out of caring about what I had just watched. At that point, I just wanted to move on to Yamada versus Speedball and then be done with this.
1: Well, like, yeah, this was, like, the best we've, like, I'll agree with you, Blake Christian looked great because I saw Shun Skywalker, like, get in, like, you've not seen someone catch someone with a thought and care or be exactly in the right spot like this. Like, I don't know how much of this I'm giving credit to Blake Christian when, like, well, when, like, you've seen Shun Skywalker front and center, like, save dives and stuff like that. You know,
0: I think I think that's entirely fair. It does take two to tango, and I I would expect somebody of Blake Christian's caliber to be able to have a really good match with Shun, whether that is because of Shun carrying the weight or not. I I you know up for the uh, the viewers debate there, but I, I thought it was a good matchup until the finish.
1: Yeah, I I will say as someone who did who missed the referee's fuck up, and since it was GCW, I was not going back. Case uh, I I I did really enjoy the fact that whatever the fuck it was. Uh, been uh shun had his shoulder up literally as the bell was ringing like right hey, after th-
0: I, i'm sorry i th- that just reminded me can we talk about how tony depp pinyamato pin yamato what the fuck was that and i i reached uh, GCW. out gcw i just <laughs> I, again just clueless just had no idea what's going on and before anybody comes at me and says well uh, you know uh, they obviously run these finishes by the dragon gate office no they do not i checked on that this week as soon as i found out the depp pinyamato pin yamato i reached out to somebody that would know and uh I I would have assumed that Indies had to run finishes by Dragon Gate, but given the amount of L's these guys took this weekend, which I, I found to be fascinating, and specifically Tony Deppen pinning Yamato when Yamato's headlining a pay-per-view next month, it, it's insulting. It shows they're clueless. And, you know, if you can't have a good match with Tony Deppen, you can see yourself out.
1: But I mean at the same time, Dragon Gate should have put their foot down. Like, oh, one hundred percent. I think yeah. it's
0: I think it's a flaw with Gate that they're not having right. these indies confirm these finishes. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's crazy to me. I, I was really surprised. I was stunned when Deppen won, and then to to know that that wasn't given a definite thumbs up by the office that that was a GCW decision. I was really taken aback by.
1: Yeah, no, that that was surprising when you were telling me that. Uh, speaking of Yamato, the best match out of the GCW matches was Yamato versus Speedball Mike Bailey, and of course. These two guys would have the best match there. Uh, Yamato won with the Galleria, And this was this ruled. Like this was that this was the kind of match I wanted to have out of Yamato on this tour. Was like this kind of stuff.
0: Oh god, yeah. No, I went, I went four and a quarter on this. Uh I I I will say the best match out of any of the Dragon Gate in USA matches that I've seen so far. I wish it would have happened to West Coast Pro, just because I probably would have bumped it up even a quarter star, just because I like West Coast Pro so much. But this was this was everything you'd hope it would be. These were two professionals having a goddamn professional wrestling match.
1: Great chemistry mesh. Yes, Great absolutely. Like and Veda, like I, I, you mentioned this before, but just to reiterate, I had written, I know this, Veda. If you are someone who has the ability to like call in favors to get someone to commentary for matches of Dragon Gate, people get Veda Scott. She's the one who's done it the best by far. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And again, it's not you know she's not blowing my mind with what she's doing. She's just she she sells that she cares. You know, she did that uh, with S.P. Kento versus Estrella. She did that with this match. Uh, she did that with the Ben K match. She just, I, she seems to give a shit. That's all I want. I I, I respond to effort. I, I don't find the, I don't find it cool not to care. And that goes for anything in life. And this fucking laissez-faire attitude just drives me insane. I, Veda Scott was great on commentary in this match. This is the best she's done with a Dragon Gate match thus far.
1: Yeah, and it's something that I, I'll lay it out this way. Uh, if I came into the, if I was just watching these promotions, I only knew about these promotions because of Dragon Gate, because of Veda and the way that she uh, conducts herself and the way that she does the commentary, and with everything like this, I come away with like thinking, okay, if it's a Friday night and I'd access both the shows, I would probably choose the ETU show over GCW, frankly.
0: Oh, I because the presen- I I enjoyed the presentation of ETU far more.
1: Yeah, like, and, and just was like a thought of, of like if I just came in as the Dragon Gate fan, that'd be what I would care about because they did this and and, and again, like, showing the care continues with uh West Coast Pro Ride the Lightning Binke versus Brian Keith, where they made sure to get everything right about Benke, including his entrance, which was uh, seeing the light in Binke's eyes when he heard, when he heard people do the. Uh, to do the turntable scratch on <laughs> yeah. announcing made made it all probably made that flight worth it you know he lit up when that happened ben k Ben k looked like even though this was like the one show that he was randomly booked on he looked like he had the best time
0: yeah the, the the west coast pro match with ben k which again this rogue ben k trip to san francisco everybody i've asked is like yeah we don't we don't really know what's going on there that's kind of the only thing he's doing um because he's back in Japan for that Kobe show, so he was just he was just in America for that one match, which is so weird. But I, I thought the match was okay. But it is West Coast Pro, and I will continue to applaud what they do in terms of nailing the presentation. You know, having a, at least a loose understanding of what this new Benkei gimmick is, and I, you know, I thought the match with him was it was okay. I would I would go about three and a quarter on this as well. the The thing that bummed me out with these matches is. I don't I don't think Shun Skywalker gained any new fans in either of his matches. I, I think he came close on both of those. Yamato versus Speedball was great, but people if they're gonna know Drangate, they're gonna know Yamato. And then I don't I don't think anybody who hadn't seen Ben K that watched him here went, I gotta see more of this guy. maybe the gimmick sucked them in, the work didn't. Yeah. I was really hoping that Ben was going to crush this one and that he was, he was going to really make his presence felt. Cause he's a guy who had never wrestled in America before. And this was his only match. It's not that it's not that he shit the bed. It's not that he did poorly. It just wasn't that blow away match that I would have hoped for.
1: Yeah, this was exhibitiony. This felt like, and you see this a lot on, on like Indies, like a match that just like, okay, we're going to do like certain things and like this. And I, I will say that the, uh, spear-miss spot that they've done now ever since Ben K missed the spear and got a back concussion. Like, since he got that,
0: knocked the fuck out.
1: <laughs> right, but, but I mean, they did that here and that got, like, other than, like, the chicky, 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 that was, like, the most over thing in this match was leading rain right to the finish. Brian Keith just elbowing the crap out of him out of the, uh, no, it was a knee. He did a knee, kneeing out of it, going straight to the finish. Like, that got a response out of the crowd. So, like, it wasn't like that. It was completely just this bizarre thing. Like, Ben K was getting over. It just... You know, if people are going to follow him coming out of that match, it's probably because he's a, just like a, it is genuinely bizarre and compelling to look at him right now and listen to him do commentary. <laughs> you know, it, it is legitimately d- d-
0: compelling <laughs> yeah. to come full circle. Ben K might have won people over with his character work and not his in-ring work.
1: Yeah, something that I did not think I'd be saying four months ago.
0: No, not at all. Not at all. Well, uh, I.
1: This weekend is the Jim Lyman Invitational. It is uh, Yamato versus Zachary Wentz. I'm trying to think if there's other shows. Is Defy this week or Prestige this weekend?
0: Defy is at the end of October, and I think that's the same weekend as Prestige. I think it is just okay. the uh, the Jim Lyman this weekend, which Yamato will be at. Uh, that is Friday and Saturday in Chicago. Logan Square Auditorium, a great venue to watch wrestling in, a, a bad venue for parking. Get there early if you're planning on driving there. Uh, but it is Yamato versus Zachary Wentz on the first night. I uh I will be attending the second night, assuming Yamato wins on the first night. I guess that's the way that I will phrase it. So uh if you see me, uh please come say hi. And uh, uh, to to my knowledge, and this is an update from Mike as well, given some stuff we've talked about off the air. To my knowledge, Yamato is the only Dragon Gate worker booked for this show.
1: Yeah, I just actually, while you were talking about that, I was looking at uh... Deadlock has a show this weekend. They're doing the Carolina Classic Tournament, and uh, both Shun and SBK are on that show.
0: Is that so, a one-day or a two-day tournament?
1: Uh, it looks like it's a two-day tournament, they've only announced this, and Laustre is that, on that show as well. So Yamato, uh, the people that I'm aware of that are able to travel to the United States, Yamato is the only one on the AAW show, it seems.
0: Okay, that is that is good to know. So Shun versus Andrew Everett is gonna be in the Carolina classic, as well as it looks like Yuya Yoomore is on that show. La Astrea is in a triple threat match and uh, okay, S B Kento versus BK Westbrook, who I think is one of their local guys. Is that is is BK a right. Carolina guy? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, and and it's like one of those he's one of those Carolina guys that only really works at deadlock. So yeah.
0: Okay that that's oh look i i i was very impressed with the with the deadlock presentation that i saw and uh uh when they when the Drangit guys worked that three way there it is a one night tournament so that is just the 15th so that 16th oh no that's okay all right all right that's the 15th all right that it's a one night tournament on saturday that is good to know for my purposes
1: yeah no i'll be I was not aware that this show was coming up this quickly. So yeah, no, definitely going to keep an eye out for that speed, one as speed, well.
0: Speedball versus Colby Carinos on this show. This is a good looking show. Misa yeah. Gura versus Emi Sakura. I, I, they, they, this Deadlock Pro Company is all right. I, they are on the list with West Coast Pro and Prestige and AAW as indies that I am I am giving my approval to.
1: <laughs> Case Low Proof Indies. Uh, Case, are there any more approved Indies you want to mention before we get out of here?
0: No, I'm I I can't believe I got all riled up,
1: <laughs> and it was like in the last 15 minutes of the show. I, t- too, I, it wasn't... I, I,
0: I really I thought I got it all out of my system, and then I started thinking about GCW commentary, and I just got so annoyed.
1: Yeah, no, I don't I don't blame you there. But uh, if you like to follow the show, best way to do that is on Twitter at Open Voice uh, If you like to submit a review, we greatly appreciate it. Go to wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify rate and review us. And you can follow Case at underscore in your case. And I'm Matt Fuchiheya. Thanks for listening to The Voice Gate. We'll be back next week. Take care.